Welcome to Mind Over Money, the podcast that helps Australians have finances at work. And it all starts with our thinking. I'm your host, Lockie Nicholson, and I'm joined by Archie Franz. G'day, Archie. G'day, Lachlan. Welcome, everyone. Today, we're talking about communication and how the words we choose affect our stress levels and how we communicate with others about finances using proven techniques from neuroscience. Yeah, Lachlan, today, we're, we're really seeing high stress levels in people. We've got reports coming in showing that people are suffering with adrenal fatigue, uh, you know, which is just too much adrenaline in the system. We've got lots of problems, you know, coming through from stress and I especially see this as a financial planner doing uh, life insurance for people, seeing how much anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues that are coming up that weren't there 15 years ago. Mm. Uh, you know, and it, and it's also you know, there's a lot of talk about it on radio shows and all the rest <laughs> coming through. Yeah, it seems like our communication frequency has gone up in recent years because of technology, there's so many ways that we can communicate with each other now and so many uh, sources of input of communication. You know, we're hearing about world mm. news and things that we didn't hear about as much. It's quicker than ever. But the quality's actually dropped in our communication. Quantity's gone up, but the quality's dropped in some ways. And that's having an overall effect, I guess, on our health now. Yeah. Well, the key here, which which comes out in this book that we're about to talk about, is that the brain is automatically looking for negative things. So it's doing a protection mechanism and uh, the brain researchers, you know, found you can't turn this thing off. Uh, it's built into the brain. So the brain's looking for negative stuff. So what's what's the best way to market to people? Make it negative, yeah? <laughs> if, if we make yeah. it negative, people pay attention to it because the brain automatically pays attention to it. And so we've got all this negative marketing hitting, you know, bombarding us. And it creates the, you know, the fight flight syndrome where we've got to do something and process this negative stuff that's coming through and assess whether it's, it's a danger to us. Yeah. So the brain determines our reality. And I guess that's why you can have one person seeing the world very differently to the person standing right next to them. <laughs> because the brain's, you know, interpreting what's coming in very differently. So it's good to understand this stuff. We, we've got this book here that we were looking at this week, and uh, Andrew Newberg and Mark Robert Waldman are their names. They wrote a book called Words Can Change Your Brain, 12 Conversation Strategies to Build Trust, Resolve Conflict, and Increase Intimacy. So these are two notable researchers that found from actually scanning the human brain and doing research in a university that our brain in the default state, they actually constantly get in the way of effective communication, <laughs> mm. which is what you were talking about just before there, about our brains are wired for survival. And sometimes that can get in the way of having effective conversations. They've also shown in their research that the brain doesn't develop around communication. Like it's not fully developed until age 30. So I just remember how bad it was being a teenager and a young person and trying to communicate with people. And, <laughs> and, and that's a big problem that we have is that the brain is still developing. So, so we've got plenty of challenges. So what Mark and Andrew have discovered is that they've got this strategy uh, and it's very, very powerful. It's called compassionate communication and it allows our brains to work a lot better. So what we want to do here is just talk about some of the some of the simple takeaways that come out of the book uh, that are really going to help us 
apply you know, some good strategies around our finances and our relationships that can take us forward. Yeah. So we just picked five. I think there's 12 in the book they talk about. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's number one, Archie? So number one is be relaxed when you're having a conversation with someone. Mm. So they give some, uh, like a strategy of how to relax, uh, doing yawning and putting your hands above your head and doing a bit of a stretch and then dropping them down by your side and shaking out your fingers and your hands. So just just something that's going to help you just relax and let go of whatever's been happening beforehand before you actually start a conversation. Could you imagine us all doing this at church and other places? We, you know, we all start yawning and you know, throwing <laughs> our hands in the air and then you know, shaking around. <laughs> It'll be really funny. Well, the science behind the yawning was really interesting. Uh, of course, you don't do it in the middle of the conversation. You know, if you're no. working up for a big job interview or something, you don't just start throwing your hands behind your head and start yawning in the middle of the in the middle of the chat. You do it beforehand. Um, but yeah, they do give some simple tips about how to stay relaxed and and present in conversations. Okay, let's move on to number two. Number two was never speak for more than twenty to thirty seconds at a time. Why is that, Archie? Uh, because after that, uh, the other person's not listening anymore. And, and a big <laughs> part of that is, you know, is, uh, just how much in, you know, chunks of information we can actually hang on to. Mm. So, you know, yeah, we, the brain's got limits and yeah. So if we, if we talk too long, people lose uh, the ability to hang on to what you're actually saying and, and they can only hang on to what you're saying for 20 to 30 seconds. So what you said 30 seconds ago is already fallen out the back door <laughs> when it comes to the brain. <laughs> yeah. They say in copywriting, commas are your worst enemy. And it's kind of the same when we're talking. We, we obviously, you know, we apply limits when we're writing. We don't write endless sentences with just lots and lots and lots of commas and keep going. But we tend to do that when we talk. We tend to mm. have an idea as we talk and then we jump onto the next idea. And the next mm. idea, and pretty soon we actually haven't stopped talking, and uh, the next the person's sitting there going, "Oh," um, <laughs> while the brain switches off. Yeah, what's number three? So number three is using positive speech, and uh, you know we're needing at least three positives, you know, for every negative that we might have in a conversation. Mm. If we go through the points here, you know, the the first one here is that. Funnily enough, the brain actually ignores positive words. So, if, so if you've said to your spouse, you know, you're you're wonderful, they're they're likely to ignore it because the brain has actually ignored it. <laughs> so, uh, it's actually due to our survival mechanism of the brain is actually highly defined around finding negative information that's a threat. Mm-hmm. So, so it's looking for threats and so it picks up on anything negative. And the reason that we want to, you know, have positive communication is more for ourselves than for the other person because, mm. cause we need to stay positive. Yeah. So they found that positive words impact us, the person who's communicating. It actually affects our inner dialogue and helps us mm. stay connected to the person that we're communicating with in a good way. Mm. That's another point you just brought up there is that Good communication requires trust, and there's certain words that take away from trust. 
and using the mm. words like amazing, wonderful, great, uh, <laughs> these are all words that take away trust. And I've oh, been wow. trying to get them out of my vocabulary this week because <laughs> <laughs> I realize I use them all the time and I'm going, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually having a negative effect, not a positive effect. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. When, when talking to, you know, my wife or uh, kids or anyone else, yeah. So we do need to talk about negative things, yeah, when we're having conversations with people. So we, we actually do need some techniques around how do we talk about negative things in a way uh, that everyone's going to come out a winner. Uh, and, and just using positive words doesn't fix that. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it, it helps us to say positive, but it doesn't help the other person. So when we start and have to have a conversation about something negative, the thing that we're trying to prevent is anger because once anger kicks in, our communication shuts down and, and anger stops us being able to process things and work things through. Mm. So one of the strategies that these guys talked about that in the book was to slow down your words, right? Yeah, they get people to do some exercises with each other of talking really slowly. Like <laughs> this. This. <laughs> and what, what effect did that have? Uh, it stops the emotions and therefore stops anger and allows the two people to have a conversation around yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So slowing down your words as you talk about something negative can mm -hmm. actually help people process it better. That's cool. Yeah. So... What we're finding is that 90% of people have actually a negative inner dialogue. And so, you know, so when we hit something that's negative, that negative dialogue, you know, inside us is going to take over. And it's especially mm. around finances. You know, we, we, we hear yeah. this all the time. The research shows this as well, is that people don't want to talk about finances and especially partners don't want to talk about finances because of that negative inner dialogue that's been happening for such a long time. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of this stuff we pick up as kids. You know, we, we pick up our inner dialogue as kids. Uh, you know, we've learnt it from the environment that we've been in and it just keeps on, keeps on coming through the family. Um, so we want to help change that inner dialogue and this is where, you know, one of these strategies is to talk slowly and help, you know, remove you know, the, the emotions so that the inner dialogue can be shut down basically and we can have a, you know, a good conversation to address whatever issues need to be addressed. Okay, let's move on to point number four out of the five here. So number four was to respond to the other person in conversation. Don't try and shift the conversation. This one is still about our inner dialogue. So if we slow things down, we can start to stop that inner dialogue that can be causing us to shift a conversation and cause us to not listen to the other person. So if we find ourselves not really listening, 
then that's time for us to slow down how we're talking and really start to pick up on what the other person is saying and stick to that, whatever it is that they're actually saying. Yeah. And so that that one before about, you know, slowing down the conversation, slowing down how we talk, that really works to be able to help keep us engaged with the other person. I guess when we lose focus in a conversation because of that inner dialogue, they could be thinking about something else. Mm. The habit is to then just shift the conversation to something else. And what that does is leave the other person feeling like, ah, this person doesn't care about me or care about this conversation. And so you're doing a disservice to both parties. (laughs) Yeah. So that's that's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we've got to recognize that now may not be the appropriate time to be having this conversation. And we might just need to let the other person know, hey, sorry, I'm just not in a place where I can actually have this conversation at the present time. And and I've yeah. had people actually tell me that. And it's it's been great because you go, okay, no worries. Uh, you know, because it, mm. there's, they've got, got too much distraction going on. And they're unable to take in, you know, what what you're needing to talk about. And so it's really good that you can just go, yep, fantastic. We'll we'll have this conversation, you know, at uh, when's a better time. Uh, it's like you don't want to drop it, but you just got to find a better time. And yeah. even for ourselves, you know, we've got to be able to have that ability to to say, hey, look, I'm I'm not in the right place to do this. <laughs> yeah, that's a great strategy. Mm. Okay, and number five, the last one is remember Mm. that the brain can only hold on to about four chunks of information and it can only hold on to those at a time for about 30 seconds or less. That was what the research showed. That's, um, that, that makes sense. I, I, that definitely feels true. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. 20 to 30 seconds. So the key is to keep things short. Yep. And not overload the other person. So we love telling stories, don't we? (laughs) and quite often in a story we want to give all the details and what their research is showing is don't do it (laughs) yeah keep to the main storyline just just stick to really small amounts and let the other person respond and and they can ask you questions because then their brain is then processing it because one of the keys that they talk about in the book is that we want to get our brains to connect up and so if we're not connecting up together, uh, then the other person isn't going to understand what we're saying or what we're bringing. Right. So keep things really simple, three yep. to four things at a time. Well, less. <laughs> one one would be better. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so keep it really simple and allow the other person to respond. and. And ask questions, you know, questions is a real key here to getting that connection happening with with people. Yeah. So that you're both hearing and understanding the same thing because that's the key that we want to get back to because we might be having a difficult conversation about something that we don't really want to talk about. And, you know, we're, we're talking finances and we know that this is a difficult area for, for couples uh, for families and, you know, even just talking to someone about finances uh, is difficult. So yeah, it's one of the questions we ask our members in Waymaker 
after a couple of months is how's how's the communication going? Uh, you know, with you with you and your partner, and uh, you know, we generally get a good response back. That communication yeah, is improving. Do. So, because uh, this is one of our key areas that we focus on. Yeah. Well, let's mm. let's run through those again. So, there's about twelve in the book, and we'll put a link to the book in the show notes mm. again. But the five that we talked about today was to get relaxed, to be present in the conversation. Uh, mm. Speak for 20 to 30 seconds at a time, max, and then wait. Actually wait for the person to respond. Uh, mm. Use positive speech that gets other people repeating positive words over a negative situation. And one of those mm. ways is to actually to pro- help them process negative information is to speak slowly and allow them to process that. And number four was respond to the person, don't shift the conversation. Number five was remember that the brain can only hold on to four chunks of information at any given time and doesn't hold on to them for very long. So, <laughs> yeah, now there's some, there's some great simple strategies that we can apply in our conversations around finances. And I've got to say, the neuroscience, it lines up with reality. We, we've seen this stuff every day, mm. <laughs> every week in what we do around finances and communication is a big part of that getting people to change their inner dialogue and have better communication with their, their partner, their spouse, themselves, uh, and the people around them when it relates to finances. Because you're right, there's a large portion of people it shows have a, a negative baseline around their, their finances or just finances in general. And so we want to we turn that into a positive. Yeah. I, I think if we, like a bit of a conclusion is, is that if we find ourselves trying to do everything you know, through an app or online and not actually communicate with people, like that's, you know, that's how we can sort of tell, hang on, I've, I've probably got, you know, a negative perspective here around my money and my finances and I'm avoiding actually having conversations. So, you know, if, if you can pick that up, you know, let, let other people know. Uh, you know, one of the best ways to change is to actually say to people, hey, I've picked up that I've got this thing. Uh, like I've been telling people all week, you know, oh, I've got to change, get rid of these words out of my vocab, you know, that I keep saying like <laughs> awesome, amazing, wonderful. Um, it actually helps you to process it to bring that change into effect. So, mm. yeah, be encouraged. Have some fun because uh, uh, I find that's a, a good key. Have a bit of fun with it. Yep. <laughs> I've, already, I've already started talking to my spouse slowly and... It's so much fun. <laughs> I bet she loves this. We'll get her on the show next week. All right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, tracking with us today as we just uh, have a conversation about a book, a book that we really liked. And um, we think these strategies will, will really help. So let us know. Send us an email. It's in the show notes. Uh, give us feedback on the show. And we'll talk to you guys again next week. All right. Thanks, Archie. Cool. Thanks, Lachlan.